The year was 2003. The month was January. Gas was $1.50 a gallon. The iPod was in its second generation. The Lord of the Rings The Two Towers was number one at the box office. And 12-year-old me decided to start keeping track of all the movies I watched. Hello, my name is Jane, and I've been counting all the movies I watch for 20 years. To honor this ridiculous milestone, I decided to make this podcast to talk about my top 40 most watched movies from 2003 through 2022. So here it is. Welcome to the Rewatch Rewind. In each episode after this one, I will be talking about one of my most frequently rewatched movies, about the film itself, and also about my own personal experience with it, how I first discovered it, if I remember, what makes me keep returning to it, etc. Most of the time it will just be me, but sometimes I'll bring in a guest who also loves the movie so we can talk about it together. Before I dive in, I do want to make it clear that I am not saying these are the 40 best movies. I'm not even saying they're my 40 favorite movies, although I do love them all. Sometimes excellent films are hard to watch more than once, and sometimes films that are objectively bad are fun entertainment. This isn't meant to be a list of the greatest films ever made, so please don't expect that or you'll be disappointed. Bear in mind that I was 12 years old when I started this. While many of my favorite movies when I was 12 are still among my favorites today, most of them would be lower on the list if I'd started 10 years later. Part of that is because the way I watch movies has changed significantly in the last 20 years. In 2003, Netflix was still a DVD rental company, so streaming wasn't really a thing. At the time, I barely owned any movies, so most of what I watched was what happened to be on TV or what my family borrowed from the library. Over the years, the accumulation of more and more VHS tapes and DVDs and streaming subscriptions has led to almost limitless possibilities when I want to watch something, which has led to a decrease in rewatches and an increase in new discoveries. So partly because of that, and partly because of the way time works, movies that were released before 2003 have an advantage over those that were released later, both because I had the full 20 years to watch those, and because the ones I had access to them were more likely to be rewatched since I had fewer overall possibilities. Also, in 2002, I had started getting into old Hollywood, which led me to watch a lot of films from well before my time. So the oldest movie I will be talking about was released in 1935, and the most recent is from 2017. According to my records, in those 20 years, I watched 1,812 different movies, a total of 4,592 times. What exactly counts as a movie? Clearly, theatrically released feature films count. Direct-to-home viewing and made-for-TV features also seem obvious to include... What about short films? What about limited series? Those were a bit harder to know whether to count or not. I, I don't think I was completely consistent. For the most part, I counted short films if they were at least a half hour long. It didn't count limited series if I knew they were going to have a second season, but otherwise it's kind of based on feel. If a miniseries feels like a long movie, I count it. If it feels more like a TV show, I don't. I haven't been including web series unless there's a feature cut, in which case I only counted the times I watched the feature cut, not episodes. Sometimes I counted filmed stage shows as movies, and sometimes I didn't, but that won't really affect this podcast because I didn't watch any of them enough times to make it to the top 40. Usually the movies I watch are determined by reasons as simple as, this movie is available and the people I'm with and I feel like watching it today. But other times I watch movies for more specific reasons than that. 
There are certain actors or other filmmakers whose birthdays I celebrate every year by having my own marathon of their work, and there are certain dates that are mentioned in movies that need to be watched on those dates. And over the years, I've done a few movie-watching projects that have impacted my view counts a bit. In 2010, I started watching through all the Best Picture Oscar winners in chronological order. Similarly, in 2015, I started watching through the Best Actress winners, and in 2017, I started on Best Adapted Screenplay, which took much longer since I was also reading the source material to evaluate the quality of the adaptation. I ultimately got tired of that last project before I got caught up. Maybe someday I'll finish, or not. I also did a non-Oscars-related project in 2020 with my brother when we watched through all the theatrically released Disney animated features so we could attempt a definitive ranking. Most of the movies I'm going to be talking about on this podcast weren't part of any of these projects, but some were, so I'll mention that when it comes up. Looking through my list, it strikes me that most of the characters in these films are white, straight, cis, middle-to-upper-class Americans or Europeans, and most of the writers and directors are white, straight, cis men. I've been trying to watch movies from more diverse perspectives recently, but I haven't been doing that long enough for it to be very noticeable in my top 40. So again, don't take this as a full and complete list of the best films ever made. That list should have way better representation than this one. Speaking of representation, or a lack thereof, another thing I do want to mention in this introduction is that in the last few years, I have started to understand that I am aromantic and asexual, or aero-ace for short. Those terms represent a spectrum and therefore mean different things to different people, but for me personally, it means I don't experience romantic or sexual attraction to anyone. It took me until my late 20s to early 30s to figure this out because it was just never presented as an option. I kind of assumed eventually I would meet somebody I was attracted to in that way because society and media presented it as an inevitability. I was just a late bloomer, just very picky, just not interested in pursuing that kind of relationship. Once I found and understood and adopted this label, so many things about myself made a lot of sense. Recently, I've started realizing just how much this part of my identity has impacted every aspect of my life, including the way I consume media. So when applicable, I'm going to be talking about the things about these movies that particularly appeal to me or that I interpreted in an alternative way from an aromantic and or asexual perspective. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that had official, canonical, arrow-ace representation, but there are characters and situations that can be interpreted that way, and I want to talk about that. Part of why I'm making this podcast is because it would have made a huge difference to me if I'd heard anyone talking from this perspective when I was younger, so I'm hoping that sharing my voice might help someone else waste less time being confused about themselves. And I also think it serves everyone to learn more about different identities, whether or not they describe them. So just to get some definitions out of the way, arrow is short for aromantic, which means little to no romantic attraction, and ace is short for asexual, which means little to no sexual attraction. Sexual and romantic attraction are not the same thing, so I'm told. I don't really know because I don't experience either of them. But some people have a romantic orientation different from their sexual orientation, hence the different terms. These are the identities that the A in LGBTQIA stands for. It does not stand for ally. I'm saying all this in the introduction partly so I don't have to keep defining these terms and partly to let you know that if, for whatever reason, you don't want to hear someone talking about asexuality or aromanticism, this is not going to be the podcast for you. For everyone else, subscribe or follow or whatever you have to do on your platform if you want to hear what I have to say about my most rewatched movies for the last 20 years. 
never made a podcast before, so I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try to get these out weekly so that I finish before the end of the year. We'll see if that happens. I'm going to do a countdown, so the first movie I'll talk about will be the one in 40th place, and I'll work my way up to my number one most rewatched movie. I broke all ties using runtime, so longer movies are ranked higher than shorter movies that I watch the same number of times because I spent more minutes watching them. Thank you for listening to this rather rambling introduction. I'm planning to end each episode with a quote from the next movie I'm going to talk about, so I'll leave you with this. First of all, I would like to make one thing quite clear. I never explain anything.